So welcome to our first episode of Ponytail Chronicles being brought to you by Fordos Productions. I am Anita Helm and I have the pleasure of having wonderful women who have agreed to sit down and have an honest dialogue regarding our hair. We're more than our hair and there are going to be some questions that they've all agreed to answer openly and honestly. We're in a safe space. I'd like to introduce you to the ladies that are at the table with me tonight. I have Sophia, I have Lily, I have Priscilla, I have Pamela, I have Yvonne, and I have Gina. And they have been so gracious to agree tonight to just have a conversation. We have some simple ground rules for the table as Ponytail Chronicles will be, this is the first, but for all the other ladies that will sit at our table, I am the facilitator as Anita Helm, and I am sharing to all of them and to you that this is a safe space in which we as women respect one another. We also have agreed that we will only speak one voice at a time, so we will give the benefit of all of our listeners to hear the answers. And the last round rules is that we are willing to be honest and vulnerable to the answers to the questions. So the reason why we're here is because society has all kinds of toxic behaviors and attitudes and words to women specifically about our hair. We are more than our hair and we're more than our hair struggle. And tonight is an opportunity for me to ask some poignant questions to each and every one of you. And you will each have the opportunity to speak or not to speak is what I've shared with these wonderful ladies. And if they want to speak, they're just going to let me know and I'm going to recognize them. So the first question that we're going to start with is, how would you describe the importance of your hair? In your own words, how is your hair important to you in your life? We're going to start with Pamela. Pamela. Thank you for allowing me to join this uh, conversation. I think for me, um, my hair is one of the first things people see mm -hmm. about me. When they see me, it's that exterior appearance. Um, I always wanted to look decent and not, you know, out of the way mm -hmm. um, because it is kind of that first impression that people look at that outer appearance. So it's important to me to make sure that it is in a decent style or decent shape, um, not looking worn and weary. Um, that doesn't happen all the time, but I try to do my best. Wonderful, wonderful. While others are thinking, let me share you. I have been a widow for a little over two years and uh, in the facility that I work out with, they don't know my name as Anita. I am being described by hundreds of people I meet as the woman with the hair. The woman with the hair. For decades, I was the woman with the big boobs, but now I'm the woman with the hair because I'm an older woman and my hair is what people describe me. And that's, that's unusual for me. Uh, people usually say my name or say who I am or what I do, but I've never been described as the woman with the hair. And even people in my family and friends will say, oh, your hair, your hair, your hair. But I was like, well, what if I don't have this? Am I less Anita? But that's something that we all have to go through is people look at you like you just said, Pamela, with your outside appearance, but you're more than your hair. 
what people judge you by if you're having what we call a good hair day or a bad hair day. And some reason people think that it's their job and responsibility to tell you about your hair as though that's part of their job description. Your hair is yours, right? We all came out with some of it and still have it or don't have it, but it's not for everybody to do commentary. Now, here's a question I'd like you to think about. Have you personally found that you've influenced in a positive or negative way other people's hair journey? What, is, what comes out of your mouth when it comes to what you say or don't say about people's hair that you see? Gina? I always tell people be free. Free to change your hairstyle so when it don't work out because they don't do with their hair. They're afraid to put it in a protective style. Me? I change my hair like I change my outfit. I feel like having it long, it's long, it's short, unnatural. Just be free to do whatever. So I'm very comfortable wonderful. in my own hairstyle. If I change twice in one day, it's me. How did you become this person that could be free like that. To, some people, like you said, are afraid because they don't want to work out because it don't mess up the hair or they don't want to protect their stuff, whatever reason. But you seem to be open and free. How did you get to that part of your journey? Being a hair show model. Changing my hair frequently. I got used to this. So. Mm -hmm. Just being confident. Yes. Like you. My hair. Yes, my hair today. I pay for it. All right. Okay. Okay. Do many of you change your hairstyle? regularly or is it something that you have a certain style so priscilla thank you for the question you um ran to um in the session tonight i'm i'm a person that um always like to um have um many styles um whether it be in clothing um, makeup or all my hairstyles i always like to so myself, I always like to look good. I've been like that for a long time. But um, when it came to my hair, me losing my hair, really at an early stage in life, uh, I start to worry about now how I'm going to do this. Um, my hair started thinning. Um, I didn't know why until uh, many doctor's appointments. And with that in mind, I realized, hey, I got to come up with a different solution because I'm still in the workforce. Many people do look at you. I don't want them to look at me because of my hair. I want them to look at me because me. I mean, me. But as society is today, they look at you in many different ways. And um, so I want to still, since I'm still in the workforce, I want to make sure that I look presentable when I go out. It's not about um, getting older. It's just about just having an ultimate appearance that I want to affect others. And um, with that in mind, I uh, went to other solutions that I had to go to when I was losing my hair. And with, uh, like I said again, I went to many doctors and I come to find out here is this big word I never heard of before, alopecia. Alopecia is what you have. What is that? What am I supposed to do with this? And uh, I had to come up with many solutions and um, and also I came up with a solution, what the doctor did, and I went through many friends and asked, have you heard of this? And they told me what other ways I can get involved with how to affect my hair while I'm still in the workforce. And I did. And um, right now, I'm wearing, wearing many different hairstyles due to 
this thing called the hair system. The hair system is out there for ladies, whether it needs to have due to cancer, uh, medicine-wise, or physical aspects or whatever. It's out there, and I just want to put it out there when I first heard that the actress talking about alopecia. I've been knowing about it for a while, but a lot of times people look at me a different way. I didn't. I haven't gotten to the, uh, the confidence in myself yet to go strictly bald. Um, maybe one day I will, but right now I'm, I'm satisfied when I, with the solution I've come up with now, wearing a thing called hair system. And I, I can wear that just as if it was in my own hair. But eventually, you know, maybe I will, you know, go to that ultimate price of, of um, being bald one day, which is not a bad thing. I see a lot of beautiful women uh, with their hair being bald. And I'm hoping that maybe I'll reach that opportunity in life to go there. Maybe first one in my family, who knows? But right now, I think all of them are beautiful, whether they have hair or don't have hair. That's the way I look at it right now. But in the beginning, I mean, I felt not being beautiful if I didn't have hair on my head. Thank you, Priscilla. Thank you so much. You know, what was interesting is that I heard that Gina was sharing the confidence that she had because of a hair model, changing her hair many times. Uh, Pamela was sharing that she wanted to make sure the outward appearance, and then you just shared, Priscilla, that when you went through a medical scenario where you had initially the trauma of what what, what I do, what options, uh, what's interesting is that people have words that they want to share regarding you changing your hairstyle or what you look like, or even alopecia. You you kind of insinuated about Jada Pinkett Smith. I think that's who you were sharing, who went through that journey. And now it's more open and understood what it is. Um, but still, we have to roll back stigma of thinning hair, no hair. Um, and I will... I would say that we as women have to start supporting ourselves because you said something key. We're beautiful on the inside, regardless of what is going on the outside of our hair. Pamela? I think um, something you mentioned in your question initially um, as part of the question, how has our journey impacted, uh, not necessarily us, but maybe others, positively or negatively when it comes to the hair. I think that was your mm -hmm. question. And I was thinking about like growing up, just even as a child, um, I would hear things like, oh, your hair is so thick. Your hair is, you know, this is hard to get through because it was, I didn't know anything about kinky coily and, you know, until I started getting into my natural hair journey. So growing up, I just had very thick hair. And I remember just, you know, I would have friends that hair wasn't as thick, it was nice. You know, it might have been straighter or wavier or whatever, easier to get a comb through. And you, you grow up thinking that, hey, my, you know, my hair should be like this. So when the thing came out with the kitty kit perms, you know, we were getting the kitty kit perms and that was like the best thing to straighten our hair or press it out or things like that. And that made us feel really good because we felt like we had so-called good hair at that point. And just growing up, you know, it kind of made you feel some kind of way because if you didn't measure up um, to that. And then when I got older, you know, you continue with the perms and things like that. But then 
once I started going the natural hair journey, and I couldn't understand um, that my hair started thinning in the top. And I was wondering why I was like, why is my hair thinning? I ended up having an autoimmune condition that was affecting my hair, causing my eyebrows to come out and things like that. And the chemicals were not helping. Mm. So I had talked to some people about transitioning to natural, um, which to me was a concern because I was like, how am I going to do this? I don't know anything about this, you know, but, you know, for me, I had friends that had gone natural and they kind of helped me along the journey as well um, to kind of transition and do those things to get my hair healthier and and stronger uh, to be natural. And that helped build confidence too, because at first I was like, am I going to be able to do this? Because you go through these phases of it like looking like it's a bush and you're going through these different phases, like, can I deal with this? But then once I learned how to work with it, then mm. I really loved it. And now I'm in the stages of where I'm locking my hair, and I really love that. So it's, you know, it's a process. And, you know, my only thing is to, you know, because I even know, like, with myself, sometimes I would say, oh, your hair is so thick, or this, or that. And sometimes we don't think about, how our words might affect someone, um, especially when it comes to things like hair, especially as black women when it comes to things like hair. Some of our things we say, we don't mean anything by it, but it could, you know, someone else, those those particular words could really cut them to the core because they're struggling. So. Priscilla, I'm going to get you one second. As young children, we're taught very young, though we were black females at this table tonight, nappy hair, good hair, uh, even when you go to think about a job in your workplace, what kind of hairstyle, you know, before the Crown Act, where you don't have to worry about certain styles, but you can't have a certain style that the other will think is unacceptable. Natural hair was not even a, a possibility years and decades again, because that wasn't professional and you won't get an interview and you won't get a job, you won't get promoted because you're trying to look like, what, a black person? You need to have straight hair. And that's something to be concerned about. Uh, Priscilla, you wanted to say something? We hit the nail on the head, you and Pamela, because I was gonna say the era that uh, myself and John and at the table, we came up in the area with you right. Straight hair was in. Natural was out and stuff for the guys probably had the afros and everything. And, and you got to think that a lot of the guys want people with the straight hair. It was a good hair thing. It was called good hair. Good hair really meant um, straight hair, um, so to speak. Um, but now, and then people was going to the hairdresser um, to get their monthly straightener. Now we are learning that straightener really was ruining black people's hair. Now we're learning that now. We're talking about 30 or 60 later but um, so the people coming up now you have that option of the natural look the twist the lock or whatever uh, we didn't have that we have it now and now now you're getting into the stages of being bald you can go and with the ball look or whatever and only men wore the ball look, not the women but plus you had men they wouldn't look at women they didn't have long hair short hair whatever and they were looking at women that had really long straight hair that's what they was 
you know, this song. And um, so even in, as, as an actress, television or whatever, social media or whatever, um, wasn't social media at the time, it was television. People that you perceive on TV, they all had straight hair, whether you were black, white, or whatever. And um, so now the area is you have many different ways of wearing your hair. But we didn't have that many ways. Well, now you. Straighten the hair. My mother straightened hair and perm. Uh, now, even um, at the salons that I go to, there's also a barber. And I see just as many women going to a cosmetologist who is doing styles for women's hair as a barber who is having people come in, women coming in to get their hair if they're getting um, lined up or shortened or cleaned up for the bald. It's like there is a choice and they're accepted. They're not looked at. Uh, unusual because they're going to a barber. They're saying, I'm going to the barber today. And, you know, at one time it used to be, oh, this person is this. That's why they're going to the barber. Everybody's going to the barber. Lily, you want to say something? Yeah, I just want to talk about my, my experience when I was coming up. I, hair really wasn't a big thing for me. I just knew I had to have it done. My mom was very persistent about um, making sure that my hair was decent no matter where I went, school whatever the case may be. For me, I, I never really particularly focused on my hair. I was more focused on my, just my appearance, my mm -hmm. clothing, my outfits. I so I didn't really think about my hair so much until I got older. And then I realized um, when I got older that I have to figure out a way to, now with my, with my clothing attire, how to get it to you know, formulate, you know, formulate with my, 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 my hair and everything. I get my hair to formulate with everything I'm doing. So, um, you know, I would go to hairdressers and get my hair styled in so many different ways. And even by doing that, it still didn't matter to me about my hair. It was, it looked nice. I'm not saying that where I went that it didn't look nice, but it, it still really wasn't the thing for me, mm -hmm. you know, I knew that no matter what, my hair was okay because I've not had anybody come to me in all my years in my life that I've been on this earth say, I don't like your hairstyle, I don't like this. It would be me, I would be the one that would actually criticize myself mm -hmm. about any hairstyle that I may have had. So, um, and then also, you know, finding you know, spending all this money for going to salons and being in there for hours at the time and getting your hair styled and it just looks, you know, it didn't, it didn't really make me any different, mm -hmm. you know? So, um, I made a drastic decision, um, that I wanted to go natural. So when I made that decision to go natural, I, first of all, I started off with braids and just make my hair grow a little bit more because it really wasn't as thick as Anita's was explaining. But I wanted to grow a little bit more because it really wasn't long, whatever, but I wanted to see how far I could get to grow. And then after I got it uh, to grow with the braids and everything, I was like, okay, that means now I got these braids out. Now I'm going to put any more braids in my hair. Now I got to go back to the salon to get my hair styled again. So <clears throat> I made a, a decision to say, you know what, Lil, let's step out. Let's just see what it's like to shave it off. So that is exactly what I did. I started off with not completely shaving it mm -hmm. off. I started off just taking a little bit off each time that I went to the barbershop. And then I was like, oh, okay, so this is sort of manageable type thing. And then when I would come home 
uh, with Tony being a stylist and everything, he would help me to, you know, you can try this, you can try that to kind of, you know, give it a little bit of a curl look type thing. And so, uh, you know, I was doing things and this was manageable for me mm -hmm. because it didn't cost me a whole lot of money to do all these things. So I was like, okay, so this is, this is what I really like. And so I, I took it off. I, I took it down a little bit more to the point where I was almost, I, I never went bald. Mm -hmm. It just went closer to my scalp. And I was like, you know what? Now I can see the shape of my head. I can see what it looks like. This does not look bad on me. It really doesn't. So I would, I, I did this and I have not turned back since. Now I have let it grow some. I, I go through these spurts where I'll let it grow, then I'll cut it back again, let it grow. But I always, people always say, why would you cut your hair in the wintertime <laughs> versus the summertime? I just said that whatever mood I'm in, wherever I feel, that's how I'm going to, you know, have my hairstyle. And to me, once I did that, it kind of went with my side mm -hmm. of what I was wearing and everything and everything. Yes, um, when I when I went to that level of cutting my hair, uh, I was a lot mistakenly for a guy. And uh, I would have to, um, you know, let people know, unfortunately, I'm not a guy. I'm a, I'm a lady. Here. And then, um, and they'll look at me like, oh yeah, I'm sorry. And I said, no fun. You know, it's not intentional. It's like you did it intentionally. So um, I continue to go through that now, you know, even at, at this present, people always look at me, you know, they, they always look at the hair. They don't look at anything else but just my hair and say, uh, yes, sir, no, sir, type thing. And I just come to the point, it's like, that's how society looks at people. They look at either your hair or your outer appearance to figure out how they want to approach you or address you type thing. And it's not anything that's negative. That's just their perception of what they are. But when they realize, they said, okay, when they realize they have made an honest mistake, you know, they're like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. You know, I looked at, you know, I was looking at your hair. And I said, that's perfectly okay. I understand it. And so I don't let it offend me like I did in the beginning. So I'm more, I have grown and matured enough to say, well, no matter what, these, this, this, this is how people are going to always look at me. So I don't get upset anymore. I just go with the flow. Um, as long as I'm presentable, no matter when I go out, I, I'm okay with that. So it allowed me, you know, I look at my older sister, Alice, who used to have her hairstyle and everything. And then I don't know if it was something that I said to her or how I carried myself with my hairstyle that decided to change her. Because she now has cut her hair off and kind of wears it like I do. And she feels comfortable with it. And I never really asked her why she did it. You know, I just felt like maybe it was something of how I felt confident in it. And she took a, took a leap of faith and said, no, let me know. And it seems to fit her as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, my sister Joyce has also expressed uh, wanting to get her hair cut as well. Maybe not as close as mine, but cut it down to a point where it's manageable for her type thing. And so I'm hoping that that comfort, that level of comfort to them will, you know, it's all it is is hair. If you feel comfortable, cut it off. It'll grow back. They're like, like, uh, Gina, like Gina has said, I, you know, you can walk by. You know, it puts extensions on it. So it's not like you have to wear this day in and day out. If you got enough where you can put extensions on it, 
that's what you know. That's what we have as Black African Americans. We have various ways of styling our hair. So, one of the things, the title that I gave this series, Ponytail Chronicles, is because for the last ten years, I've seen women. And ponytails could be used for protective states or you're doing exercise. But I was noticing that people were putting their, women were putting their hair in ponytails when they were upset, they didn't have time, they were overwhelmed, they were depressed, they were just getting out of the house and doing something. And they just had to put their hair up and go. And they didn't feel like doing their hair, fooling with their hair, all these words of verbs to do your hair, but they were at such a point, just pull it back and go. And it could be nasty looking, just pull it back and go. And you see white women, black women, Asian women, and depending on if, if you're a model or hair model and it's sleek back on Vogue, they weren't the normal people I would see. I would be seeing people just putting their hair in a ponytail, black women. I don't care if it's just a little couple inches, just put it back because they just didn't want to deal with the hair, didn't know how to do it or whatever was going on. And I said, something on the inside is happening. We're never talking about it, but the emotions that's going on on the inside is expressing themselves. All those emotions are coming out in a ponytail sometimes. Now, Lily had said the word, she was self-critical of her own look herself, that kind of thing. What words would you say to yourself when you were being negative about your hair? I'll give you mine to start. I hate the way my hair looks. Oh, it looks ugly. It really wasn't the hair looks ugly. I thought I looked ugly with this. I don't wear my hair a certain way because it makes my face look fat. You know, I'm saying all these negative words to me, and especially during the pandemic, I cut my hair. I did the big chop during the pandemic. And I have videos of myself on Milkshake Monday. And I look at those videos and I say, oh my God. God, I hate my hair. And I was like, what a thing. You're not even looking at what who Anita is, what you taught. You just look at that video and you're like, I hate the way you look. Your face looks so fat. Oh, I just don't like that. I like, uh, uh. But that's the kind of negative talk I would do. And it was because of my hair. And it was how I was feeling about Anita. My outward appearance of what Anita was showing was not what I wanted to show. So what words did you all say or say to yourself now about your hair that is critical? You being critical, not letting other people, your inside voice talking out loud about how you feel. Gina. You're older. Mm -hmm. I hate my hair. Yeah. It looks old. It's like, don't look my age. Mm -hmm. My hair, certain styles make me look older. And I was like, nope, not doing that. Get this. Uh, Sophia. I wanted to say about my hair, I hated about my hair because it wasn't thick. I would look in the magazine, I see other people with thick hair, especially you, Anita. You would have thick hair like Oprah, and I always wanted thick hair all my life. I wanted thick hair, but I never got it, never got it. And when it would grow longer, it would get thinner. So I always chopped it off because, because of the fact it wouldn't get thick enough. So my, my thing was, okay, cut it off because it's not going to grow the way you want it, you know, as far as length. It's not going to get thick, so deal with it. So that was my issue with my hair. I hated my hair because it wasn't thick enough. And I always wanted thick hair because I've got cousins that had thick hair that couldn't comb like Pamela and other family members. But I always wanted thick hair, and I couldn't have it. 
My mother used to put sulfur aid in it and all these other chemicals. And what did I get? Thin hair. And, and I think it runs in my family. We got that baby soft hair. So that's what I have. So here I am. Thin hair. Mm -hmm. Yes. And what's interesting is that I have a, my two daughters have thick hair. And they, people don't understand that they're always identified with that thick hair. But it's, it's a challenge for them how to wear it, how to take care of it, the, the dandruff or dry skin that comes with it. And everybody will say, oh, you have thick hair. And they have to smile because the thick hair journey is supposed to be the journey everybody wants, but they don't see the background of the work or the struggles that they have. And they just have to be, oh, it's great. It's like somebody having big boobs. Everybody thinks big boobs is this, they don't understand what you know whether it's a small boob big boobs no boobs everybody has their journey but we all find that we're not content with what we have mm -hmm. uh here's an, a question that i like to ask i remember a trauma related to a hair journey situation i lost my dad at 10 and the people came in from new jersey i have an aunt who used to do cosmetology she took my thick hair as her way of, I guess, contributing to that loss and making sure I, my hair was ready for the funeral. I spent four hours getting my hair done. When I finished with my hair, Tracy, did, excuse me, Gina just said she didn't want to go. I was going through the trauma of losing my father. And after four hours, I saw this bouffant hairdo on my hair that I had spent hours washing, blow drying, straightening, curling every inch of it, only to see in the mirror this god-awful style that I had to wear to my father's funeral and thank my aunt for spending four hours of my time to look like the most hideous Mary Tyler Moore, Dick Van Dyke character in the black that I had. And I remember that to this day. And I was like, and every time she did my hair, it was, this is so thick. This is thick. I had never seen a child with such thick hair. And I'm sitting there like, okay, somebody save me. Save me. Do y'all have any situations where you can remember a hair incident that really, even to this day, you remember? Everybody's smiling. I guess they don't want to say that out loud. Okay, Priscilla. I don't know about that situation. My situation was, I remember having hair. And it was beautiful hair, but it wasn't what you call thick, but I had hair. It made it look like it was thick, but it really had thin hair. But I remember the time um, when uh, Yvonne and I, we went to Florida for the first time. First time ever been to Florida and went down with my uncle. But I'm going to tell you, I, went out, I was getting all beautified to go on this trip. And I went to this young lady to... Cause I think I wanted my hair to be kind of auburn color because everybody was getting that style. But the auburn color, I was talking about, was kind of reddish. I came out, mine was kind of blonde. And then she was trying to tone it a little bit. Next thing you know, I said, I want to put purple hair. Mm. <laughs> I was purple. I got to go to Florida. I had purple hair when I went down to Florida. And the purple, whatever. And I kind of got made fun of, but I had to deal with it. was uh, Afro at the time. And, uh, and, uh, and everything. They covered up a little bit. 
I when I got back, I think I got some braids in it. Mm. Some dark, you know, hair with it. But I was so embarrassed with that walk around with purple hair that mm. I let somebody not a hair well, this was I went not to my normal hair, but I went to her and it, don't go cheap over me. <laughs> and uh, and got that done. And I think she overprocessed my hair. And I look back, overprocessed hair would be coloring, firming. And everything, um, it really did a lot of damage to my hair. And I think back and to do those things, I could have left my hair alone. And like you said, with straightening. Straightening did just as good a job as getting it straightened with, with uh, pearls. And we got to realize now, kids coming up now, you don't really need a straightener. Because all it's doing is damaging your hair versus um, uh, a straightening comb. It was a lot better than, you know, but we only had to go with what we were taught. And, um, but that was so embarrassing to me when I had hair and, uh, and all, so. You said something, uh, Priscilla, that when you went to Florida, uh, that you were embarrassed. You said that very clearly. You also said that people criticized it from the perspective that laughed at you. For the people around the table, this is an obvious question, but I'll ask it anyway. When someone from your own family criticizes you or laughs at you about your hair. How does that make you feel? Pamela? Not good. Not good. Gina? Sad. Sad. You know, I have noticed, um, even we've been, uh, we've had different, journeys where we have family members speak, you know, I think family believes that they can say things like we talked about people that feel they have that responsibility to let you know how they like or dislike your hair or your hairstyle or how much hair you have or what color you have. Every different thing about your hair, your family kind of says, it's my job care, uh, you know, Sophia, to let you know how I feel about you. And that's not always the case. Um, in the, you know, sometimes it's better to have a cut done by a stranger than somebody that says they love you and is supposed to be there having your back. Uh, and that's interesting. Uh, now, this is one that I think will be interesting as a question. Can you tell how your hair affects your attitude? Lily? I sure can. Just makes me happy because mm -hmm. I'm able to manage it better. I can maintain it. Um, it's not expensive to get it cut when I go to get it cut mm -hmm. versus where I was paying, you know, hundreds of dollars just to get it styled and everything. Mm -hmm. So it, I'm happy with the way that my hair is. Mm -hmm. It makes me feel uh, joyful, that, mm -hmm. you know, something that I can control. Right. Pamela. Mm -hmm. I can tell the difference. When I need my hair done, I'm saying to myself or looking in the mirror, you know, it's just, it's not, to, it's not together like I want it. And it's something about when I go get that fresh, do fresh wash, and I, when it's done, I'm shaking and I'm like, oh, Oh, it just feels good and it's like your whole appearance just brightens up 
You don't even have to have makeup on or anything. It's just you just feel like you're lifted because you know your cloth is together. Mm -hmm. Gina? And I'm very sad if you don't have the money to like wait to get my hair done. You're like sad and feel don't feel quite like your yourself. Your best self the best sometimes. Self. Yeah. Your hair is not done. You're like, I can't wait to get my hair done. And what's that? It's like Gratitude. Mm -hmm. She's getting hair done. So he's like, sure, you budget. Hair done. Hair nails done all the time. I'm like Regina and, and Pamela about hair. Like when I get it done, it's like a breath of heaven because everything is in its place. I feel like the first lady. So, you know, I go and I definitely pamper myself when I get my hair done. I sit back and you do you. Yes, so when I come out, I'm going to be me. Yes, so I feel excellent. I feel great when I get my hair done. My daughter said, Mommy, any time for you to get your hair done, I'm on my way. Yes, so when I get there, she takes care of me, and I come out looking like oh, Michelle Obama. <laughs> Priscilla, you would say? Yeah, what I was going to say is, I know this is not my natural hair, but it's my hair because I'm like uh, Pamela Bell. I bought paper, it's mine. Uh, like I said again, I, I like the, you know, the, you know, it's, it's, it's budget and my budget to get it done. And it's going to be in my budget when I retire because it's part of me until I decide when I want to go that, that ultimate part where I can't afford no more. I don't have to go both. I don't have to go both. Yeah, we are here to bother me right but nevertheless, I feel good and comfortable with this hair system because it's mine. It's made custom to me and um, for no one else. And it's a good thing that you can have. And I tell people in my family that this is another way if you don't want to um, wear wigs. It's, another, it's not as costly as people think it is. Not to go to Pennsylvania. <laughs> but, uh, and I learned that from young people. I got to know about hair system from a young girl. I didn't know about it until I, the only one I knew about hair clubs for men. But now it's hair clubs for men and women. But there is other people out here that you, you can use it's a lot cheaper. And like I said, I learned about that place in Pennsylvania from a young girl. She had hair. She didn't need this, but she, she didn't want to wear her own hair. She wanted the straight look, she wanted the wavy look. She did not want to wear her own hair. So she told me about this place. I went and checked it out. I said, Good, I want to always look good when I go to work or whatever, but I'm at work or and other time. So I checked it out and I'm satisfied with it. And this will be me until I decide otherwise. What's interesting about when I asked you about the attitudes and that all of you uh, were very open to share the joy, the self-esteem that you get when your hair is freshly done, when you're pampered, I'll use that word, and treated, and you seem to have your best self when you have the style the cost, whatever is going on in your budget, that you get to have your hair like you want it. The opposite could be happening too when your hair is not like you want it. And as high and uplifted and assured, the opposite could be feeling when you don't have a style that looks good on you or it's not, your hair is just not cooperating, your body, chemistry, the medication, the stress, all that's going on and the hair is just showing it and you can't disguise it, 
You can't comb it like you want it. It's not showing that outward expression that Pamela shared at the very beginning. That's not who you want to re have represent you, but that's what it is. And so the opposite effect could be all those positive emotions is that reason why Ponytail Chronicles is to make sure that when you're going through those negative emotions, that you make sure to remember you are not your hair. But all of us have said in one way or the other, our hair is a big part of who we are. And what we're showing on the outside is also affecting what's on the inside. And when I ask the question about how you're sharing with others, because there's a younger generation of children and grandchildren and nieces and nephews, and they're hearing from us in whatever way we don't realize that when we see them, oh, what's wrong with your hair? How come your mama didn't do your hair? You know your hair looks a mess. You need to go. Those things are, are really, I won't say it negatively, but they are stunting and scarring and affecting and impacting the next group of women. Those younger kids are going to remember because all of us had those experiences. We just internalized them to know that we need to have our hair and our hair is important. And if we don't have it right, mama, auntie, cousin, Somebody gonna say something and we, Lord forbid, if we go to that reunion and our hair is not done right, they're gonna call us out from everything except for a child of God about our hair and we're gonna feel low and that's gotta be something. Now, I know we're getting ready to end tonight. I'm interested from whoever wants to share, how is this conversation amongst women, we all have learned something from one another, but how has it impacted your journey, your future journey, about what you think you will believe about you, yourself, and your hair. How has this time tonight impacted how you're going to feel about your hair going forward? Yvonne? Okay, thanks for having me in the conversation. Um, for me, uh, since, I, since my niece did my hair the other day, I feel very, very, I just feel light. And like then with the way I wear my hair, um, I've always had a lot of different styles. I never kept my hair the same way. Um, from my war, from natural wigs, uh, weaves, pressed, you name it, I've had my hair done that way. But um, now I just feel uh, enlightened with it because I mean, it's easy to take care of and I don't have to worry about messing it up or mashing it or whatever or trying to be comfortable when I sleep because a lot of the times when I had hair juice it was very hard to sleep. I had to sleep a certain way. I couldn't lay one way if the hair was up tight or puffed up or whatever but now it's just comfortable and um, I really enjoy the way it is. So, But then I had a problem with the but I always did like salt and pepper hair, which I love it. And um, but um, I was always self-conscious about it, um, especially being my skin color and whatnot. But now it don't bother me because I like it. And it shows that, um, hey, black is beautiful. So and I feel that way. So wonderful, wonderful. Mm -hmm. Thanks for having me ask me a question. Lily? Well, I mean, just sitting around, just listening to the family um, talk about their experiences with their hair and everything. It's just, you know, it's an appreciation to know how others feel. 
And maybe I may feel that same way, but don't really say anything about it. And, you know, as I hear, you know, things on TV, they're constantly talking about ladies, black ladies with their hairstyles. And, we, you know, we got to do this. We got to change this. And then, you know, you hear the, the guys with the dreads and, you know, the, the one that was wrestling, the, the referee told him he had to cut his, his dreads off before mm -hmm. he could wrestle type thing. It's just, it's the, to me, it's just like ignorance. It's not anything that has changed over the years. We've always had braids of some sort in our hair. Men and women have always had braids. What I don't simply understand, and I just think it's more ignorance of people not wanting to really understand that your hair has nothing to do with your your professional, uh, your job or anything that you do. Okay, it's just a uh, it's just an uneasiness of uh, non African Americans or whoever the ones that are out there complaining are just not comfortable. You know, they expect you to look a certain way, dress a certain way, and if you don't, you're outside of the the rim of the qualifications type. So I, I, it is glad, and I'm so glad to see now that people, even um, you know, non-African American white people, all different nationalities, are now understanding the importance of no matter what how black folk, <clears throat> black ladies are wearing their hair, men too. It has no difference on them being in TV and spotlight, or anything, or in the pulpit or whatever it is that they're doing. That has nothing to do with your professionalism and how you conduct yourself. And I'm so glad that a lot of people are starting to recognize that and speak up about it because it has irritated, and I'm pretty sure a lot of us, you know, we keep hearing this and over and over again. So what is it going to take for these people to understand that our black African-American people's hair has nothing to do with who they are? Mm -hmm. You know, these guys out here making millions and millions of dollars playing basketball and football with braids in their hair the type of thing. And people are still making comments about it and it's just it's just unbearing to but for me you know uh, I, I I'm so happy and it's just for me I'm going to continue to do my hair the way and I'm going to continue to make it make me feel better make me do what I whatever I need to do to my hair make me feel better um, not talk negative about other people's hair you know um, I always like to try to be honest with people but I would never put you on the spot and say Anita you got dandruff on your hair and it is sitting, it's flaking. I would never put you in that kind of spot. I may point you to the side and say, you might need to you know, do this. So, it, it, you know, because everybody has feelings. People have feelings. Like I said, however you say things to people may have a negative impact, like Christina uh, said, having a negative impact on somebody. You don't know what somebody's going through. Mm -hmm. And, you know, our power, you know, we talk about black uh, people all the time. It's now time for us to uplift everybody. Instead of talking negative, we got to find ways to do that. And if we do that, I, I, I can almost guarantee life for us and anybody else coming up underneath of us, around us, whatever, be a lot easier. And they'll feel more free to do what they need to do. Maybe focus on things that's going to put them in a better position, whatever the case may be. But as long as you know we keep talking negative about hair, clothing, whatever it is, we're all going to be stumped. We're going to continue to be stumped. So sometimes you just have to ignore something. You got to pick your battles. I didn't want to cut anybody off. I just wanted to make sure. Um, I just wanted to share that I appreciate all of your time. 
your honesty, that I think that we all felt that we were in a safe space. And uh, I think that when listeners hear this dialogue, I think it will open some other dialogue for us to even watch our mouth. So use our mouths to build up. I use this expression to build up others and not destroy others. And I think if, whether it's family members or friends or colleagues or, you know, coworkers, wherever, if we could just start not judging people on the outward appearance and start looking for the character and the integrity of people on the inside, it'll make a difference in all our lives. And I just thank you. And Pamela, you wanted to say something before we end it? Yes, I wanted to just say um, thank you um, for this opportunity and just everyone that's participating here. It was good conversation and good to hear um, from all of us what our different experiences are. And I think, I, I know this discussion was about hair, but I think this is the beginning of future discussions about other topics that impact women, women of color, um, people, you know, the, the things that we go through in general, you know, as black women, um, as women in general, um, to discuss, um, things that we struggle with, you know, whether it be health, uh, changes in our health as we get older and things like that. I think it will open up future discussions, um, that will be helpful, not only to women, middle-aged women, younger women, and teenage women as they're growing up to understand different things that we go through um, on our journey uh, through life. Well, thank you. you. Ponytail Chronicles is about sharing and encouraging women to have good mental health. And on behalf of Fordos Productions, myself, Anita Helm as a facilitator, I thank you so much, ladies. Have a wonderful year. Yes, yes, yes.